Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Yes, sir. This is one of my favorite episodes, a very Ohio-centric episode, Muff. It's, it is. It is. It's very Ohio-centric, Columbus. <sighs> I love it. Yeah, I know you love it. Get out of here. Um, for any of those that are listening new this week or new within the past couple of weeks, uh, you know, take a second to to bring you up to speed. Uh, I am Muff. I do the I, intro. I say things. Hi, Muff. Hi. Hi. And uh, as always, joining me or me joining him, whoever it is, it's a partnership here, people. I am Jim. Welcome to the show. If you couldn't tell from the first 10 seconds, Jim was more than willing and excited to let you know that he is from the Columbus area. Yes, and, sir. And, a, and an Ohio born and raised human being. Mm-hmm. So we are the gurus of none. Mm-hmm. We are your Midwest Big Ten lovers of college football. And we're happy to bring our opinions to you. Lovers of college football, but discussers on all topics yes sir because we're not just about football jim remember that well we're gurus of none we just have interests right we have interests my interests fall outside of football sometimes i don't know about yours but eh, we do. i try i make an yeah. effort <laughs> anyway special thanks last week if you all haven't listened yet uh to hawk hawthorne Yes, sir. From the Kokomo Bobcats and Coach Coley for joining. Um, and the best to the Kokomo Bobcats as they f- are in the middle of and finish up their West Coast trip. Out there on the West Coast, baby. And they look like they're living it up. If you follow them on the Instagram, at uh, Kokomo Bobcats, they are living the dream. Yep, yep. Hopefully they get some Ws. I know their first game of the road trip did not turn out, out as they would have liked, but no. that's why they play them all, baby. They're doing good. Yeah. And speaking of social media, Jim, how can uh, the loyal listeners, the new loyal listeners follow us on sports? Get at us on Twitter or Instagram at Sports Jim Muff. You'll see some interesting polls, some some live videos, some hot takes. Basically, anywhere you want to interact, hit us up at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter. Loyal Listener Club. Be a part of the team. Join up with uh, sometimes some lukewarm takes. We're not always hot. No. We don't know. But some things that are hot, something we got a little extra this week, Jim. Yes, sir. We got a review of a great hot sauce company out of Grandview, Ohio, a.k.a. Columbus, from Sauce Boss Gang. Sauce Boss Gang? Sauce Boss Gang. I'm so excited to talk about this. Get pumped for this. Muff's going to try it on air. I've tried it all already. I'm kind of out of a couple of them, so I can't try them all on air. But I'm excited to bring you our review, so get pumped for that. Get pumped. I'm going to try them on air, and hopefully none of them are too hot because the rest of this episode may not go as well as I would like. <laughs> hot topics, Muff. Let's, let's whoa, 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 whoa. Hot topics. Yeah. Hot topic of this week is the interview we had. 
Oh, I was just going to drop that as our surprise. Yeah. I've been so mystery. Scott wants to know so bad. Our guest this week in the interview segment is Brutus Buckeye. Don't say the Brutus Buckeye. <laughs> very, very quickly corrected when you get to this interview. <laughs> Ryan Willis, uh, the man behind the helmet, comes on and tells us all about being Brutus the Buckeye. Being, Ooh, having Brutus been. Buckeye. Having been Brutus Buckeye. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. I think the listeners will love this. Gives us some insight into being the mascot for the Ohio State University. Oh, oh, we can drop articles in there. Hey, I could put it where I want to as long as I don't put it in Brutus Buckeye. So get off me, Muff. I don't think Ryan was okay with it being in front of Ohio State either. Anyway, moving on. Some hot topics this week. Yes, sir. Some things we're going to get into throughout this episode. Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka are at war. Yeah. And we ran a poll on who would win in a fist fight on the Instagram. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kepka won that poll pretty decisively why did you say his name like that <laughs> because on the radio here in columbus and it's a columbus field tonight that's how they say it on the uh 97.1 the fan Kiamka. okay <laughs> whatever uh listen i'm talking of... golf muff so right. let me just keep rolling with it and hey, you'll hear I, have, more I, have, golf. I have some thoughts on golf when we get to this later okay. um speaking of fist fights um <laughs> somebody that aaron Rodgers was hanging out with this past week Got cold cocked in a bathroom, allegedly, for a wedding debt from a Hawaii wedding in the past. Miles Teller hanging out with Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller's wife, Kaylee, Kelly, I don't know how you say it. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, not there for OTAs, hangs out in Hawaii. And uh, I don't know if he was around for that, but, you know, Aaron, maybe that's a sign that maybe you should think about coming back. Do you know anything about Miles Teller? Uh, aside from he was in war dogs and uh he got punched in a bathroom yeah, that's all i got i got a little something that might even that might make you feel like hmm, he maybe you had this coming you know he's gonna be in top gun too you think it was tom cruise do you know the character he's gonna play was it ethan hunt did ethan hunt go back there do you know the character he's gonna play muff no jim i don't uh, allegedly goose's son no why does he need punch for being Goose's son? <laughs> How could you be Goose's son? Like, come on. He was, in the, movie. He was in the first movie. Let let the classic stay the classic. We don't need a second Top Gun. Well, it's, it's coming, so don't worry about it. Uh, things that aren't coming in the future. The Penguins winning the Stanley Cup. What, Muff? On this Columbus episode, you bring good news? I, I bring news of the Penguins being out of the playoffs and huh. me losing that bet. Um huh. I don't, Go on. Hey, what? They didn't win the last game of the season, Jim. That's oh, it. I'm done. Great. I feel so good tonight. Do you? Yeah. Don't worry. I at least have the Pirates to fall back on. Do oh, you? oh, but wait. Oh, yeah. wait. As you may follow the story, see some things that were going on in the Instagram this past week. Uh, spent a day at the ballpark at PNC Park, more specifically, with uh, loyal listener Brett. Shout out, Brett. To witness quite possibly the worst baseball play in the history of professional baseball. I don't want to get into it all the way just yet, but y'all have seen it. So does that mean we're going to get into it later in the show? We're going to hear about it later. Okay. Don't you worry. We're going to hear about it. Um, I, 
it's the best Pirates play ever. That's all I got to see say. But don't worry. The seats, the scenery, and the drink that I had were more than sufficient to make up for a terrible sure? baseball. Are you sure that's enough to make up for that ticky-tacky it's, 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 BS play? It's, it's a top three ballpark in Major League Baseball, so I had a fantastic view. You know, it was Thursday afternoon. I took the day off of work, Jim. Spoken like a true Yinzer, ladies and gentlemen. Took the day off work to make this happen. Right. Shout out, loyal listener Brett. Let's get into the show. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have a special treat, one that's near and dear to my heart. We have what I've been telling my friends and family is Brutus the Buckeye, Mr. Ryan Willis, um, joining the show. Thank you for being on, Ryan. Absolutely. When I say Brutus the Buckeye, we have the man behind Brutus the Buckeye who played Brutus the Buckeye. I, I, is this is this well known that you played Brutus the Buckeye? Like I know you have to keep it a secret. Um. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I am going to correct you just because my mom did this when I first made the team. Okay. And honestly, I did it. There's no the in between Brutus Buckeye. Okay. Just, just the first and last name. Huh. Um, There's an article that's not present, is what we're saying. An article of the English language that's not yeah, part of that. It happens exactly. to be the one that Jim always likes to use. So. I do use it a lot. <laughs> and Ohio State also loves to use that particular article. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly, yeah, it's just Brutus Buckeye. Brutus Buckeye. I yeah. just learned from today. Yeah. Oh, but, what, a, what a great uh, Ohio State fan Jim is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I thought it was that at one point, and I'll like, tell you about when I finally learned. Uh, <laughs> but your your question was, is it well-known? Yeah, is it well-known that you're the, the man behind the head? It wasn't until about – what day is it? It wasn't until about 20 days ago uh, when I graduated, and then I could tell everybody. Um, so tell us how you got the role. That's That's how I've – how I'd like to start is how did you become Brutus Buckeye? Yeah. So I was living in the dorms freshman year. Uh, I had, was not doing anything athletic related uh, in high school. I wanted to play lacrosse at Ohio state, but we kind of gave up on those dreams. Um, but anyway, I'm, I was in the dorms and then eventually I moved out and I, um, found a group of guys right off campus, uh, that three of them happened to be uh, male cheerleaders. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I don't like, I was like, I don't know anything about cheerleading, um, but neither did they at first. Cause they like, uh, they played football and lacrosse in high school. And so did I. And so like, they were just like, yeah, you don't, you don't really need to know much. You just need to kind of be moderately athletic. And um, these guys are all, um, freak athletes and, um, and the, the cheerleading team at OSU is pretty darn serious. Like it's probably consistently, um, at least when it comes to competitive cheer, like, I don't know, uh, they're probably top three in the nation, like, um, consistently. And basically they're really strict or the coach there is pretty strict and, um, and runs a, a, a tight ship. And one of the, my roommates, his name was Grant. Uh, he, he kind of just, you know, kind of had enough of the cheerleading world and um, under the same umbrella of the spirit team is the mascot team. And, you know, the cheer uh, team would be doing their routines like drill sergeant like style. 
And then they would look over to the side and then there was the mascot team just having a ball and like messing around, like having a good time. And Grant's like, man, I want to be a part of that. Like, and so he, he quits the cheer team and he already has like an inside, um, like connection with the coach of the mascot, um, team. And he tries out and lo, lo and behold, he becomes uh, Bruce Buckeye. And I just remember being like, my roommate is Brutus Buckeye. What the heck? Like, yeah, this is the guy. I'm like, um, and so for two, two years of me living with him, um, he was Brutus and, uh, I got to take him to certain like events across campus. Like if he had to be at a baseball game, he would literally walk out of our house in the suit and I would just drive him, uh, to the event. And as he was graduating, uh, he knew it was something that I kind of had pondered about maybe trying out for. And like the coach knew me at this point, um, just from helping out in little ways that I can, um, mostly giving him rides. And he said, dude, you can do this. And he helped me try out. And, um, I did. And, and I got to don the head. So that's pretty much it. Wow. So it's just like by knowing somebody you got in. Yeah. it, It was literally like, the group of guys I chose to live with off campus were the happened to just bring me to uh, <laughs> this awesome gig that is unlike anything else. So. <laughs> what What is the tryout process like? You said right. you had to try out. Like, how intense is that? Yeah, so it's like there's like three to four parts to it. It it varies every year um, or minor changes to it, but. Uh, First, you got to, you need to come up with a skit. You have two minutes. It's like two minutes of whatever you want. Ideally, if you want a good chance of making the team, you want a pretty easy to understand plot. Also, you're in the suit, so you can't talk. So your story, you need to be able to communicate a story without talking. Um, so yeah, uh, the first part is a skit. The second part is like kind of improv and situations. And so they'll say, okay, Brutus, like it's Saturday at noon, you're leading the band out and you're, you're running onto the field and you look down and you forgot your shoes or your, your pants. Um, what do you do? And then you literally just have to act out what you would do until they say stop. And like a lot of times, like you might run out of ideas and if they haven't said stop like you just got to keep going and like run with it and so yeah like situations like brutus you're in you're in a you're in a supermarket and you just bumped into this little girl and now she's crying what do you do or um give me like signature moves like show me an ohio or like um stuff like that and so that's part two part three is they put you in a team setting so they put you with the current team, but you don't know who the current team is because it's like a bunch of random guys um, and some of the other people that are trying out. They divide you up in teams and uh, you have to like either create like you're given like a task and they want to see how you work with team members. And it also gives the current team a chance to know like, do we want this guy on our team? Like, do we work well with him? Like, is he funny or is he kind of weird? Like, do I want him even like, like be in a room with this guy for more than an hour. Like, um, so you kind of like, they get a the interview in the interview. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they, it, they're just seeing for chemistry. 
Um, and then the final thing is an interview and it's with a panel of past alumni um, as well as the uh, head coach and assistant coach. And they ask you questions like, how are you going to keep the head safe? Can you keep secret? Like, um, how is your time management? And why do you want to be Brutus and stuff like that? So it, it's mainly those four parts and um, in pretty much that order. And yeah. So the secret of being Brutus, you had to keep that for how long? Uh, from when I made it the team to, uh, like graduation day. Um, and of course, like it's kind of hard to hide that secret from your six roommates, like, and your parents <laughs> and like, and they understand like, Hey, like you gotta keep this a secret, like, um, for the sake of, you know, you're representing the university. Like what's to stop me from running down high street, um, not in a, an appropriate manner right with, with the head on like um and like my name's attached to that and uh but yeah you're yeah so i've had to keep it a secret for the last two years but of course like my best friends and like a handful full of people are gonna know but they also understand like i asked them like hey can you keep this under wraps just just right. until just until i'm done but so you were Brutus for a regular season and then a pandemic season. Yeah. So how was, weird was a pandemic season? Well, that's the heartbreaker is, uh, so I went to school for six years and um, I pretty much could have graduated in four, but I took a semester off for an internship and then I uh, got a minor, which added a fifth year. My fifth year was my first year of being Brutus. That year was so extraordinary and just so much fun. Like I can't describe, like, I wish you guys could just, <laughs> I can't describe it. It was so much fun that I was like, I got to come back for another year. Like I'm done with school pretty much, but I'll, I will literally just like take classes to just take classes just so I can be Brutus again. Um, and I also didn't entirely know what I wanted to do with my life anyway. So I was like, can't hurt to buy some more time. Um, and so going into the sixth year, um, I was like, all right, I'm committed. I didn't know that there was about to be a pandemic and neither did anybody else. Right. Um, right. And it was, uh, it was tough, especially cause I was the only graduating senior. Um, uh. so like all the guys that were on the team last year are back for a regular season now. And I, I kind of was the only person that uh, really got gypped, but uh, we all got gypped last year. But um, but during the pandemic season, like a lot of what we did was just grow our social media. We became one of the most followed, um, I believe, one of the most followed accounts on TikTok. Um, we're definitely the top followed mascot um, on TikTok, but uh, we did a lot of viral videos. There's a video of me um, at my parents' house, I'm in, I'm in the Brutus suit and I toss from across the room as I'm walking, I toss two pieces of bread into a toaster and get them right in. Um, and that was fun. And then something I got to do with my roommates during like the first week of quarantine, cause we were all losing our minds was we made a 
Bruce Goldberg machine. How's that? What's what are those things? Rube Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so my campus house is three stories high, and literally from across the street, I'm Brutus, and I have like a fishing pole, and I'm across the street from my house, and I literally do a little tug, and um, it causes this chain reaction of this ping pong ball, all from the third floor of our house all the way down to the parking lot, and uh, and my roommates and I, I, and I'm Brutus, like in this video, and we all just go nuts. And, and that ended up getting on ESPN. Um, and uh, so we, we filled our time during COVID. It was a lot of uh, fun ways to keep us occupied, but it, it didn't come close to uh, leading the team out of the tunnel on a Saturday. Um, right. But, yeah. So what is your overall favorite memory of being Brutus? That's tough. That's also, that's a very common question. I bet. Yeah. Mm. Um, you have a better one, Jim? That's the question that everyone else asks. Come on now. No, no, no. I like it. I mean, I got to get to that one. That one's to me. And then <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got so many more, but yeah. Um, um, I, I, I kind of go back and forth between three because one's like epic, one's sentimental, and then one's just like, bigger than myself. Uh, the, the first is the, when I made the team, um, the way they revealed that to me, um, uh, was this kind of epic secret way that I can't really share because if anybody, you're good. Yeah. If any future brood, brood, I, uh, hear this, then I don't want to ruin that for them. But, uh, but I just remember getting to do that with my roommate who I'm very close with to this day. Um, and I just really appreciated him uh, taking the time to really help me make this, this uh, elite society. Cause there's only, there's only been under 90 in history. And so, uh, and uh, the second one, the, like my, the epic one is just, it was the Miami game, uh, Miami, Ohio game. And it was like 10 minutes till kickoff. And I was just on the 50 yard line and I like was commanding the stadium and OHIO and like, just kind of felt like a scene out of gladiator. Like, are you not entertained? Like, um, like starting OHIO and then, um, getting to do like flips and just, um, have fun. Like you're 110,000 people are looking at you and, like, when am I ever going to, when is Ryan Willis ever going to have that chance? Like, um, and then my final one that's kind of tied for uh, favorite memory is just getting to um, go to visit the hospital at the Wexner and all the kids that like think you are like a superhero. And in reality, you're just a sweaty student who is struggling in calculus and you're like, I, and stressed out and need to go study but this kid thinks i'm the best thing in the world and so like i'm going and he and he's battling cancer and like i'm gonna make this like his best experience ever and like, right like i can give up part of my day literally for this so um i'd say it was those three and i think that that a lot of times and i'm guilty of it is we think brutus goes to the games gets the crowd hyped and disappears. But a lot of events, especially, I mean, here in Columbus, a lot of events 
here comes Brutus. How much outside of the game events do you have to go to? So much. Like, you got weddings, you got corporate events, you've got university-sponsored events, you've got hockey, basketball, football. You've got people who will literally just hire you to show up at a birthday party. When they say hire you, they – they pay to have Brutus show up through a link that the spirit program puts on. And that money goes directly into our scholarships, um, into growing, um, and like providing us clean uniforms and stuff. So like we, we don't get paid other than through scholarships to pay for like tuition and stuff. Um, but yeah, like I think last year there was 300, 300 to four, not last year because of COVID, but, during 2019, which would be a regular season, there was 300 to 400 events. And so like, you know, you wake up, go to class and you might have to be somewhere in like Delaware County, do an event, rush back, take off like your sweaty, like uniform, go to class and then you gotta be at practice. And then like, it's just bang, bang, bang. And, um, and you're, you're constantly, just always going. So that's why in the interview, they'll be like, how's your time management skills? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're an engineer major. So it wasn't like you were, you know, underwater basket weaving. You were an engineer major doing all of this. Yeah. I will say I was lucky enough that I tried out in the latter half of my engineering uh, career because I don't know if I'd have been able to juggle this, uh, early on, but after knowing how much, much fun this was, I would have made myself do it. I would have figured it out. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, you still gotta like, you gotta study, like our coaches have high expectations for our, our GPA. Um, one of my teammates actually, he, I'm, I'm going to shoot. Oh man, I can't have him. Never mind. Um, <laughs> man, I was close. Enough, but one of my right. teammates, he, uh, is studying biomedical engineering. He got a 99 in the 99th percentile on the MCAT. He's going to like medical school and he's just a straight up genius. And he downplays it. Like you would never know until the coach starts like bragging about him. But nonetheless, uh, like we, we do intensive. Uh, a lot of us are in either pre-med or engineering. Um, and so, oh, uh, Outside of, outside of this, we're studying. So. <laughs> Jeez, Al. Yeah, it's a full-time job. I mean, that's really right. what it comes down to. So as far as the games go, is there any mascot rivalry issues that you've run into? Uh, yeah, uh, weirdly, all the Big Ten mascots, like all the teams, like we're, we're pretty close. We're specifically close with the Wisconsin Bucky Badger uh, team because our assistant coach was Bucky Badger in like 2006 or whatever. And, um, and so he's pretty close with that team and that um, program. And so whenever they come uh, to Columbus for a game, we'll all like get dinner at uh, a house and like um, hang out. But other than that, yeah, we're all pretty close. I'd say there's a weird rivalry between uh, us and Auburn um it's not every day you get to like we encounter them but uh during the summer uh summers we go to like uh uca mascot camp 
it's funny to say this out loud because you're like mascot camp. Like, no, what, you're what, good. what does that entail? And um, honestly, it's just a bunch of guys from a bunch of universities and goofing off. But there's a lot like there's some competition aspects to the to the camp. Um, and like Auburn and Brutus low key just got a rivalry. And, huh. and so, uh, yeah. So I would have never guessed. Yeah. So Avi, if you're listening to this. Watch yourself. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be the Tigers going down. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to the game with the team up north, yeah, I have always feared for Brutus's safety, no matter where you are, whether it's Columbus or Ann Arbor. I fear for your safety. Yeah. What do they do for you in terms of like hostile environments? um okay in terms of hostile environments um like i can see a crazy drunk fan just throwing some ignorant stuff at you yeah uh well that definitely happens uh i can't say i've experienced the game um i was supposed to this past year but I, i'm sorry uh, but yeah it's all it's all good they didn't they were too scared to play us anyway so amen um but uh when it comes to that like we we have a handler and um and who what that is is uh they are pretty much our teammates uh that uh just walk around and they're always within about um 20 to 30 feet of us like they realize they they don't need to be like on us like glue but they're kind of they're in the background it's kind of like just like uh undercover low-key but they they're there to help like you know if somebody needs to have a picture taken or somebody's getting rough with Brutus they can be the mouth of Brutus and also like um, kind of handle the situation and they know how to uh, go about that but um, there have been situations where uh, either the handler was not around or there just wasn't a handler period um, very rarely does that happen um, but you know we kind of use our, our our intuition on what to do um, you know, you're still in suit. You're representing the university. If you do something like everybody's got a right. smartphone. And so like, you can't, you can't be doing anything too retaliating, but um, at the same time, you can low key defend yourself. Like um, some guys have gotten rough with me and like have forgotten that there's like a human being under the, under there. Yeah. And um, they kind of grab you and they just expect you to take a picture with them and, anybody got ever grab you like you know you just kind of i i'd look i would break character and kind of just shove them away and like they would kind of be like kind of shook that brutus just <laughs> got a little rough with them and i was like hey don't act, don't act shocked like right <laughs> um and uh well other than that yeah like you kind of just know when to you feel out the situation you know when you need to leave um as fun as it may be to instigate it because you know you it's it's his it's brutus's word against theirs like right we're winning that 10 times out of 10 like <laughs> we've got ohio state's lawyers behind us like <laughs> good luck winning that like right yeah. um yeah i mean we're generally pretty safe we always got like an eye on us um good so, uh, yeah so. when it comes to the weather like in the hot 
I guess a hot Ohio summers whenever it's like like tomorrow or cold like maybe yeah. tomorrow yeah. like um the suit is good bad they they set you up how's that work yeah man these are good questions those are the questions people don't ask and they should <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh there is like a perfect temperature um to be brutus and it's right around like 60 degrees maybe 55 like um where you're like running around and you're like not super hot but you're like warm and you're like ah, i'm content like um but you know when it gets super cold like i've done some events where i'm just out in the cold and all you're wearing under that jersey is like um some shoulder pads and like a dry fit t-shirt and um so you don't have a ton of layers um even when you're moving around so it's it's still super cold but on average like football games or being inside it is so hot and sweaty and like we have the luxury of like the only thing we really wear is just like the head whereas like penn state nitty lion is wearing a carpet all over his body looks like um, a carpet too. sorry muff looks like yeah. a carpet too buddy <laughs> oh didn't you hear it's like it's like a fraternity jim <laughs> calm down like this isn't one against the other right shut your, right shut, shut your butt <laughs> um but you know the the one part of the uniform that typically gets the noticeably sweaty first is the pants particularly the butt sweat and so um, my teammates and i we just whether we'd be at a basketball game or just outside at a football game there'd just be a streak up our our backside and people would be like brutus you're sweaty and i'm like you don't say yeah yeah like didn't know like <laughs> um, there's, there's not an air conditioning fan in here yeah <laughs> um but that miami ohio game that i was talking about earlier like that was i think the hottest and most humid day of the of the year yeah i was gonna bring that up like you're out there maintaining the crowd but that was a hot game i think that i was, was at that game that was not fun that was a very hot game and my pants went from having like a streak to the the entire uniform was a different shade of red yeah. and uh at the time i was training for the columbus marathon and i did my long runs on saturday mornings and so I had gotten up that day at like 4 a.m. and ran like 15, 16, 17 miles. And so I'm already dead. But, you know, I had the adrenaline rush of like getting ready to go out in front of this crowd. But, man, I was losing steam fast. And uh, like I think we I went up to uh, some suite up uh, in the, like the fancy dancy um, boxes that – um, either sponsor us or um, contribute to our scholarship. So like we'll pay a visit to them during games to like share our appreciation, take some pictures with their kids. And, and they, the one lady said like, Brutus does not look too good. And, and no, he did not. Cause he ended up going in the bathroom and putting his head under the sink. Um, and then he came out like 30 seconds later and just put a thumbs up, like, all right, I'm good to go. <laughs> but that was a very hot game. And, um, yeah, 
it's it's definitely gets sweaty in there uh yeah but i couldn't imagine yeah so you you mentioned things that can happen if you ever had any um wardrobe malfunctions or anything that like you had to think on your feet you said that was part of like the interview process i'm just curious if you ever had to enact some of that that critical thinking in the moment yeah yeah because as bruce you're always thinking on your feet um, yeah i'd say the one i was running yeah you know did you have you guys ever been to a game during the 100 yard dashes yes um those are so much fun um but i was running um uh, the race I was running was at the Maryland game. So it was, I believe it was like veterans day weekend. Um, so, um, but it was halftime and we take great pride in this. We do not want to lose to these students, even though they like, I don't, I think if they win, then they get like some like small scholarship. And if they don't, then, then they don't. And, and we were like, we don't care we're like we, we gotta defend our uh, our perfect record right and so i had been wanting to do this for a minute and my coach finally was like all right ryan you're up um and so i was like nervous because the the girl gets like a 15 yard head start the previous week my teammate got to race like not the most aerodynamic person ever and so he, he blew them out of the water and then like I get some girl who like the person who picked them out of the crowd was like, Oh yeah, she used to run track. And I was like, okay, sweet. Like, um, well, yeah, 200 meter, 400 meter. That's what we're yeah, working yeah, with here. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. And so, um, they, they get a 15 yard head start and they go and I come out of the gate, like, like a bat out of hell, but my, my chin strap comes unbuttoned. Oh, and I'm in the center of the stadium of a football game. And I'm like, Oh God. And so like, I'm thinking, but at the same time, I'm like, I gotta win. I gotta win. I gotta win. <laughs> um, and so there's literally a video of me and my head is shaking back and forth. And like, I'm like, do I win this and risk the head popping off or do I lose this swallow my pride? But like I protect the identity and I don't scar so many children. Right. I chose to win. <laughs> um, but it was such a close call. There's a photo finish of like my hand crossing it right before she does. But they gave her the win. And if my teammates ever listen to this, they will give me trash till the cows come home saying, bro, you didn't win it. And I just, I have photo evidence. <laughs> um, my co my coach was sided with me and he he wanted to he wanted to like run it back and like see it. but uh yeah to this day like they ruled it as a loss but i know deep down and i can prove it that it was a win and the head didn't come off so that's that's the real one yeah you're you're a thoroughbred like medina spirit really yeah, you yeah. really you get the win all the people may say you have a loss but yeah, we know exactly. everyone we know knows you everyone knows <laughs> yeah and with that too i mean what what would you say is the most like awkward encounter you had like i can imagine there's like the like the inebriated fans and the girls are like brutus make babies with me or like saying they're really weird and odd stuff like for you what was the most awkward encounter 
<laughs> that you can say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's PG 13 ish. Yeah. Um, man. Um, <laughs> you can say yeah. pass too. You can no, pass. No, I, I got like, I can share this. Um, I, Okay, well, the first one is kind of just a general rule of thumb that we, the team has noticed, or is a general trend, I should say. Uh, grandmothers and bridesmaids at weddings and on the dance floor like to get handsy. <laughs> wow, good <laughs> Bruce. Um, huh. so, um, and then the other weird encounter was like, it was one of my first events, and I was like at one of the hospital buildings on medical campus and I was filming some like car seat commercial instructional video with this little kid. Um, and, um, and he, the kid w wasn't ready for Brutus. He like had to calm down cause he was kind of at that awkward age where I, I kind of freaked him out. And so they put me in this room full of all these like medical students and I was in there for like 20 minutes and like I'm new to the team. So I'm kind of like new to who, um, new to figuring out being in character, like figuring out my uh, routine or like how to think on my feet and improvise. He, and so I'm running out of material and then I see this door and my handler is like across the room. So he's, he's keeping an eye on me, but he probably doesn't know what I'm about to do next. Um, but I see this door and I'm like, okay, I've exhausted all my options. Like what's behind this door? And I open it and it's literally this, it's an autopsy or it's like a, it, like some dude, there's a dead dude on the, on the, a cadaver. And, um, yeah, cadaver. And somebody's just like working on whether this is like, I, I think it was for medical or educational purposes, or at least I hope it was, but, um, I I stayed in character and all I did was playfully and slowly cover my mouth and the guy looked at me and I just kind of slowly shut the door and then I skipped away as if nothing <laughs> happened and um and that was that and then my my handler comes up and he says yeah Brutus I, I don't think you were supposed to go into that one and no I, I just said I just shrugged and looked at him and said whoops like, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do yeah right. well ryan your time as brutus has come to an end what are you gonna do now you've graduated what is the plan now for ryan the plan right now um hmm. well i am right now i am a full-time real estate agent um for CRT Realtors. Um, so I'm, I'm doing that right now. Uh, and I'm also starting a business with my roommate. Um, we are opening, hopefully getting to uh, open a kombucha bar uh, in the near future. Uh, I don't know how in the near future, but that's something fun that we've been doing. Um, but in the meantime, I'm uh, also just Doing a little bit of everything. I might. I plan to go back to school, not to be Brutus, unfortunately. But I totally would if I could. But um, they, they don't let 
master students be brutal? They, they do not. Otherwise, I would still be in school. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so maybe school, more school in the future. But um, I still hope I try to. I want to help out the, the current team um, in any way I can. So I might drop in every now and then and, and help where I can. But is there that. are there perks now that you're an alumni of of being Brutus? You know, you would think. Yeah. But not really. Uh, I think every year we get to during the alumni game, like it's like early September, we get to be on the sidelines for like a quarter, which is cool, I guess. I'd rather be there the whole game, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just getting to be connected with other alumni and networking is, mm -hmm. I'd say a big perk, but no, no cool seats discounts or whatever oh you know what there is one at the buckeye cruise for cancer uh alumni get to be or past brutus alumni get to be um brutus for the cruise oh uh, cool so like i may get to suit up true for truly one last time um but uh, that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but so do you get like a special like pin a special what did they give you on the, to, to note that, hey, you were Brutus? Yeah, uh, they let us keep a jersey. Um, and, okay. Uh, yeah, they let us keep a jersey. And I want to get it framed uh, and kind of like look all cool-like. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's other things that I honestly can't even <laughs> aren't coming to mind right now that I'm just going over my head. But, um, yeah. I mean, because some people like I wore the I wore the Brutus hat, his iconic hat that he wears. Mm -hmm. I wore it on top of my graduation cap for graduation, and so many people were like, "Oh, dude, that's so cool! What a, like what a cool hat!" Or like, "That's such a cool like Brutus hat." And I'm like, "Bro, I was Brutus. You, <laughs> you can poop like." Uh, and everybody is just not putting two and two together. And uh, I was like, you know what? That just makes it better. Like. Yeah, so I'm still kind of got that Clark Kent vibe going. <laughs> right. So. Is is that something that that all people that are Brutus do at commencement? Yeah, it okay. started recently, like in the last three to four years. Because uh, other mascots at other schools will do that. Like I think the Nittany Lion will like wear his like feet or like whatever like the paws are, yeah. and then. Um, so will like Sparty, he'll wear some part of his uniform. Um, but yeah, Brutus wears the hat and uh, uh, on top of the cap and um, yeah, so it's pretty cool. I mean, if people do notice and do put two and two together, that's cool. But if people don't, then they don't yeah. deserve it, you know? I think that's cool. <laughs> I think that's cool. Uh, well, we would love to have you back on down the road if you want to come on for our homer section yeah absolutely homer especially as you get your, your businesses rolling yeah and we can talk shop uh this has been fantastic um thank you for sharing this this was great yes. yeah absolutely this is uh i love getting to share this and i can talk about this forever I like when i meet people i try to be humble and i, I really don't ever leave with this um <laughs> yeah, if they if they ask about it, 
I'll answer. And if they want me to continue to talk about it, I will. So this was, um, but I try not to, cause I don't like to monopolize conversations, but, um, this was, this is cool to get to share. Yeah. And let me tell you, you brought a lot of joy to my kids. I, I can tell you that because my, my child is obsessed with Brutus. So great thank that. you for, thank you from us yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and go to ryan for all of your real estate needs if you're looking for a house apartment or anything in the columbus area question mark yeah yeah yes please <laughs> brutus buckeye will help you get a home there you go, there you go. brutus is for the people for the people yeah exactly <laughs> well thank you again ryan and we really appreciate it absolutely all right, guys, it's now time for the hot sauce review. That's my like dragon noise. I don't Thank know. Thank you. Thank I'm you. S- so straight <laughs> from saucebossgang.com. Gang, gang. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We have five sauces. I was only blessed with four because the UPS lost my first shipment. And they weren't able to send me the fifth sauce because they got sold out of their new Don Juan's Liquid Gold. I look forward to buying it when they come out with the new sample size. Um, Does look like Liquid Gold. I am super pumped. I've tried them all, minus Liquid Gold. Muff is about to dive in to his live taste test. Live as in we're recording it and you're hearing it. But a little bit about the company again. All female owned. Um they are working with local businesses through the pandemic to host events at the restaurant. From what I understand, proceeds from these events goes to the restaurant. They have their sauces are in menus, like menu items at Hadley's Bar and Kitchen. So uh, La Jefe is a part of their, at Hadley's Bar, part of their Pineapple Jefe Burger. Mango Hefe Wings and Eggs Benedict. Hefe. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know if it is. I'm just saying it. I'm hoping. I'm hoping I get the name right. Um, they put recipes out at, on their website. The local cantina in Hilliard is utilizing the Don Juan Liquid Gold. And they do cocktails. So basically, this isn't just a hot sauce. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I need you to explain something here. Yeah, buddy. They do cocktails. So the, the these bars and these restaurants yeah. utilize the hot sauce right. in the cocktails. So there's a Bloody Mary All right. utilizing uh, some of the hot sauce at Duamichi. I sure. I, again, I'm sorry, <laughs> ladies. I'm really bad at names. But what I'm saying is... This is more than a hot sauce. This is an experience. I'm about to get that experience. You are. You are. (laughs) But they basically take their hot sauces to these local restaurants Mm -hmm. around Columbus, and they get them added to the menu. And frankly, I've tried all the hot sauces, and I think that that's got to be amazing. Because if it helps my cooking, can you imagine real cooking? Yeah. So... (laughs) I, I'm just going to put a little story in here. My only experience with hot sauce in a cocktail or a drink at a bar um, with it was with, I was in North Carolina, I was in Raleigh and a, a good friend of mine had a, a drink after he had, you know, had a couple uh, libations throughout mm-hmm. the evening. Um, 
And somebody said, hey, you want to try a new drink? And he said, yeah. Apparently, it was a drink that had hot sauce in it. Let's just say that he went to uh, visit John um, yeah. in the restroom very shortly after that. So that's why I'm not a fan of hot sauces in drinks. because I would be because they got it's all about how you make them. Oh, I agree. You know what I mean? <laughs> but let's get it's... to the hot sauce review, Muff. First up is tongue tied. Let me tell you what. The let me go back, double back. The packaging, the labeling on the bottles, the actual bottles themselves, fantastic, fantastic. Tongue tied is a sweet and tangy garlic cayenne pepper. It is their mild sauce. It's got a, it's got a nice. I'm doing like this is like wine tasting for me. Sure. I'm smelling, I'm smelling it and taking it in. You smell that nice garlic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good. It smells good. When I had it, I liked I liked the sweetness of it. To me, it was not one of. If I had to rank the four, it was probably my third favorite. Okay. Okay. Um. Just because the other two are a lot better. There's two on there that are like my favorites. Okay. All right. And tied for favorites. But here we go. I think this would be good on wings. Go ahead, Muff. What do you think? That's me tasting. Um, yeah, it's it's got that. It's a, definitely a mild sauce. You know, it it's mm-hmm. not no burning. Um, it's pretty smooth. Uh, yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see you putting this on, really much of anything. If you like mm-hmm. hot sauces, or if you like, you know, something to the side, um, it could be a dipping sauce. It could be, you know, top off on, you know, even something like eggs. For mm-hmm. me, I, yep. I could see that. Yep. So no, that's that's a good one. That one, that one won't won't require a, uh, a much of a palate cleanser in between either. No, and I don't think there's, it's got flavor, and tang, and I just to me it was like I like this. But when you try the next ones, oh, Muff, what is the labeling on that bottle? On the tongue tied? Yeah. Um, it would be a a uh, a mouth with a gold tooth, and uh-huh. uh, it looks like a tied tongue. <laughs> and it's and it's fantastic. I think this the marketing and the graphics on these are just they hit they speak to Jim. It's my kind of my kind of stuff. All right. So next up, Muff, coffin. Often. Reminds me like the Rolling Stones. I don't know. Yeah. Don't Very rock star. If you're having this, you're having rock star hot sauce. Yeah. In my hey, opinion. hey, I want to be a rock star. All right, Muff. So, it's a smooth <laughs> and savory garlic habanero pepper. It's their medium sauce. I guess it's got the, uh, what is it, the Day of the Dead mask? Yes. <laughs> the packaging. Take a... Take a, a whiff of this one. This is my second favorite. It's also garlic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Garlic, mm-hmm. garlic habanero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still the, the garlic is still to me the the primary note. We'll yes. call it in in here. So um, definitely smelling that. Doesn't smell hot. No, it doesn't. Whatever That's that the means, best part. Whatever that means to it doesn't people. Smell hot. Doesn't smell hot. Um, all right, I'm diving in. tasting smell again mm-hmm. um um you know here we go this is 
to me, smoother than the tongue tied. Yeah. Is like it warmer though. Uh, you know, it hasn't hit me yet. That doesn't yeah. mean that in two seconds I may have a different feeling, but I don't, I don't know. It's not hitting me like that. And I don't I, know why, but it's not. I thought it was warmer. Shake the bottle up a little bit. Try it again. Taste test number two. Yeah. One 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 bite. Everyone knows the rules. Is that what we're getting into here? You're going to try it again. I felt like it was warmer and I liked it. Mm, sorry, man. Yeah, no, no. Well, to me, I, I'm not going to say it's warm. It's, I mean, it's it's on the same level to me. Okay. Yeah. So not, not, uh, not hurting me. There's no hurt. There's no hurting me yet. Sure. I like this one. It was, it, to me, it was warmer for me. Mm-hmm. I put it on some, some burger and it was very tasty. Added a nice flavor and kick to my burger. I was a big fan. Right. Big fan. Huge. So the next one, huge. The next one, Granada. Grenada. Smoky and rich. And let me tell you, that is absolutely true. Spanish chipotle pepper. It is another medium. I'm a huge fan. This is my number one. Number one. Spanish or Mexican? It says Spanish on the my little My little body here says Mexican Chipotle. All right, go with Mexican Chipotle. That's what my bottle says. I'm just going by the bottle. This one on the website. This has a grenade on the yeah. packaging. So, what were your thoughts on this one, guys? I loved it. I put it on everything. I'm going to probably buy another bottle. Big, big bottle. Big bottle. Come here, guy. Ooh, that, that Chipotle. I, I yeah. mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Chipotle. Yeah. Like, if I can find Chipotle to reason to put, like, Chipotle spice or anything in things, mm-hmm. oh, I'll use it. So It smells good. This is... <laughs> and? That Chipotle is there. Yeah, and that is this is my favorite thus far. Yeah, I'll be. And again, I'm I'm a sucker for the Chipotle, so oh, um, that's so that's got to be the one. It's got to be. It's gonna be tough to for anything to. It's gonna be tough for anything to get on top of that one for me. Yeah, big fan, big big fan, huge. All right, so Muff, I'm gonna let you decide. You can do Don Juan's Liquid Gold yeah. or La Jefe. Let's let's take a look here. Um, Don Don Juan's Liquid Gold. I don't know mango scotch. Benet pepper. I don't know what that is. It's hot, Muff. That's that's what that is. That's hot. I haven't tried this one, so you're on your own. Or the scorpion pepper. I have tried that one, Muff. I feel like I'm more afraid of scorpion, so let's save that for As last. As you should be, buddy. Okay. Okay. I know nothing, so you're gonna have to tell me. So. Don Juan's liquid gold with this mango mango scotch bonnet pepper um, has a has a skull clutching a rose on the packaging. It's, does the skull have hair? Oh yeah, there's hair. He's uh, yeah, he's very smooth. He's, he's got he's got hair. He's Don Juan. Yeah, Don Magic Hawan. Um, <clears throat> it looks like something mangoey, like yeah. that the. the 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 consistency and everything just screams like, hey, you should be excited for this because 
it has a mango hint and <coughs> the smell has the mango but guess what i can also smell a little bit hot i bet buddy Last the night could end early. Yeah, yeah. You can you can taste the hot going down the gullet there. Um, Is it hot? It's because they only used one hot when I uh, when I read this. It is not okay. So it's one of those for me where, as if I was tasting something, uh-huh. I would taste the hot, but it wouldn't overwhelm me. That's kind so of what I thought looking at it. It's definitely hotter than I think others, and whether or not that's the way it's supposed to be, but it's not like overwhelmingly hot, which for me is a big deal because I I would like to enjoy the things I'm eating. Correct. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not and maybe it's because I'm taking small, small yep. hits here, but um mango's not hitting me in the face, but mango's also not a flavor to me that hits me in the face anyway. Yeah. So it's there. It's present. It's there. I just it's not hit me in the face, which again, it may not be the intent. It may be supposed to be subtle, which yeah. went winning if that's what they're looking for. Um yeah. yeah, it's 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 like you said, it's a little bit hotter. Um so far the least favorite, I would say. But again, I, I don't like go out of my way to taste mango things, so that would be expected from me. Okay. All right, Muff. <laughs> I mean, do we need to pause the recording so you get something? I don't know. No. Just get, what do we got? Dragon on this? Is that a dragon a with a crown? It's a lion. It's a lion with a crown? Yeah, because it's a boss. The boss. See, the thing is. It's a boss. The boss of the sauce boss gang? From what I read, as far as news news article goes, yeah. is that these sauces tell a story. Right. Um, And please look up the. Anything you can about Sauce Boss. I don't want to tell the story incorrectly. I think the Lantern did a story on them in March. Um, so look up. All you got to do is search Sauce Boss Gang and the story comes up. But they tell a story about the sauces tell a story about the company. So mm-hmm. what is was the heavy? And them being the boss. Ooh, got a little smell in here. I can. Uh can feel the scorpion crawling down my throat before i even taste this so let me tell you i had this and i am not the biggest hot sauce like hot hot sauce guy yeah i dug this i dug this so much that i took this to work and shared it with friends i was like you have to try this because people at work are hot sauce fanatics i love this this is well i i ranked it as four because this is not something i would put on everything right right but as, as far as hot hot goes this would be something i would pick it just it just looks like a hot sauce yeah like it has the the look that uh that like i, I don't this may be a bad description but a pale red like almost orange yeah and it's it, it has the look of like oh crap you know if i'm not a fan of hot sauces and things then mm-hmm. i may regret this decision 12 hours from now yeah um but here we go. <laughs> That's the hottest stuff of all. <laughs> but not bad, right? <laughs> oh, moss burning. I 
think that you're, you're meant to try these things like on other things on other things not, not just, just on your like, finger right and not just shagaloon like, yeah that was the hot one um yeah it's that being bad, said though. it's not bad um like i'm already over it uh it Th- was right that, uh, that was a thing yeah i think it's that initial like number one again it's like i'm trying to drink something and i don't you know these aren't meant to be drank right um so it like went from my tongue straight to like the back of my throat which is not how that would typically go yep um <clears throat> but my mouth is i mean it feels that there was a hot sauce in there but it's not yep. to the point where like five minutes from now when we're talking and be like uh, I, 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 I need a break yeah no right. I'm, I'm already over it so yep yep i'm a huge fan of this i like the hot sauce because you don't smell Oh, this is vinegar, and this is what makes it hot, and blah blah blah. This isn't an, an acidic, face burning hot sauce company. This these people took the time to craft the hot sauce to make it flavorful. They put due diligence in every aspect of the hot sauce when it comes to the labeling, the packaging. They take care of their customer. I I'm just a general fan of this company. Um, I think we we hit. The Pittsburgh with Maestros, we hit Columbus with the Sauce Boss Gang. I'm I'm a big fan of both these companies, and thank you, Sauce Boss Gang, for your hospitality and sharing your sauce with us. Yeah, you can find uh, what Sauce Boss Gang at saucebossgang.com. Yep, and Sauce Boss at Sauce Boss Gang um, at Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All right. Um... Yeah, thanks for the tongue tied, La Jefe, uh, Don Juan's Liquid Gold, Grenada, and what's the last one here? La Jefe? Coffin. Coffin, yeah. Coffin. So, yeah, appreciate uh, getting this sample, and hopefully we can try some more later. And now it's time for the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Three times. Bram. Three times. Fast Five this week is brought to you by not caring how many times Woke wants me to say Fast Five. Up first on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Bram. Drama in professional golf. I never thought that those words would come out of my mouth. But here we I'm are, Jim. I'm excited for it. This, I'm not gonna lie to you. This is this is like worthy of a daytime soap opera. I've paid more attention <clears throat> to golf in the last two or three weeks than I ever thought I would. All right. So I'm gonna try to take us down a path. Um, tell a story, a narrative, if you will. Sure. <clears throat> so last week we have the PGA championship. Um you know, Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson in the final group. Phil Mickelson comes the oldest player to win a major championship. The crowd mobs him. We've got this big scene on 18. Um, we've got people that are like, oh, my God, golf's back, blah, blah, blah. Sweet. So we're on the high. We're on a high of highs with golf, you know, only maybe rivaled by, like, if Tiger Woods were to be back and win. Um, just good time for golf. On Monday, we have some leaked footage from an interview that Brooks Kepka was doing that weekend on a Friday. I believe they've pinpointed it by his outfit after his round. Um, Brooks is doing an interview. Uh, and <laughs> as he's answering questions, uh, which, you know, you've got to imagine Friday after a round, he's getting into the weekend, ready to go. Um, he's just like, I'm going to get through with this. I want to be done answering the questions. And while he's answering questions, Bryson DeChambeau, walks 
towards where Brooks is and walks behind Brooks and you can hear him first. You can hear the metal spikes, which is another thing that people are making potentially a big deal about. But anyway, Brooks Kepka catches him and you can see he's looking out of the corner of eye. He sees Bryson DeChambeau and he pretty much just like has this look of disgust and disdain on his face that I've never seen from somebody like in the middle of an interview. Um, and as Brooks is walking by or as Bryson is walking by, Brooks like takes a second, stops totally forgets the questions he he's answering and drops a few a few expletives um and some jesus christuses um going through there um stops and's like i goes to the looks through where says i i can't pay attention with that shit going on what were we talking about it has to start the interview in that line of questioning over again this moment goes viral um for all of the right reasons for golf and sports right now, uh, it's released after the tournament ends, which you have to see, think is very strategic. Um, <clears throat> there's been nobody that's claimed specific credit for leaking this, but it's got to be somebody from the production of like the golf channel or something. Yeah, I um, they started the shit. Right. I mean, they're doing good work. Um, I, as somebody who's not a golf fan, Jim, I want to know what your reaction is just to seeing this video. You want me to answer this honestly? I, yes. I think it was staged. You think it was staged? Yeah. Okay. Why Honestly, do you think it was staged? To lead into your next topic. Okay. So, <clears throat> did you see it was staged? Okay. This isn't a work gym. This isn't. I, I'm just easy. telling you, like, I, that's what I think anymore. All right. There's a lot of things in sports that I think are kind of staged. All right. Well, this is two issues in the making, but we'll go with it. Um, yeah, and when you get into the saga, yeah, and how they play back and forth, mm-hmm. I stayed. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so is everything that Irvin Meyer does. Uh, did you see Bryson's initial response of just a hulking up a hundred pound weights? Uh, what I'm going to call is a hammer curl. Um, did you see that? No. So you're not even in the middle of it here. How do you know what's going on? I, 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 can't, I, can't get in the, I can't get in this conversation with you if you don't stay don't with it. Because I don't believe that, her, that him curling was a response. It was yeah, It was a direct response. But Did it say, hey, Brooks, look at me? No, Jim. That's not how the game works. I don't think that this was part of it. Okay. Well, it was. Um, more fuel to the fire. As this past week. The next installment of Capital One's The Match is announced for July 6th at Moonlight Basin in Big Sky, Montana. Mm -hmm. This event includes Tom Brady playing with Phil Mickelson and Aaron Rodgers playing with none other than the mad scientist, the man who eats, drinks 18 protein shakes a day, Bryson DeChambeau. So here's my question before you go any further. Yeah. Phil... Mm-hmm. plays with Brooks but Brooks doesn't play with Aaron Rodgers wait Brooks isn't even involved in this buddy that's my point it's like in the championship one week prior to this right Brooks was with Phil correct they were in the final pairing yes wouldn't it just make sense that Brooks Plays with Aaron Rodgers then? Like, how did DeChambeau get into this? You've got to remember, Jim, this has probably been weeks, months in the making. These Capital One, the matches don't just 
pop up out of thin air. Cards subject to change, baby. All right, you're right. You're you're not wrong, but <clears throat> Tom Brady's with Phil. Whatever, Aaron Rodgers with Bryson. Brooks comes Why? up because Bryson is very much a person of interest in the public eye right now. The Bryson Brooks thing has only become national attention within the past week. I make that change. As soon as that thing goes viral and on the network, time to make a change. Shift gears. Okay. Brooks comes out on Twitter the day that this is announced and apologizes to Aaron Rodgers. And as you've already done, people were questioning why Phil and not Brooks versus Brooks and Bryson with their respective partners. Um, I see. I don't agree with that. I'm not that. I don't think at that angle. You want the goat and the goat versus Aaron Rodgers, who's chasing the goat, and Brooks, who's chased the goat. Who are you? I. Who do you want to see playing in this? I want to see Brooks and Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Against Phil and Tom. Well, you've, you're totally just going against the narrative that there needs to be a change. The change would need to be Brooks and Bryson with their respective partners no. to cash in on this. I don't see how DeChambeau got his way into this. I just told you. Get him out. He, he, he moves the needle. No, he does not. In the golf world, Jim, he moves the needle. He, okay. Because, okay. I'm a big fan of the big guy. I understand that. But the current narrative, he does not move the needle. The reason there is a narrative is because of him right now. You put if you want to make the match, mm-hmm. then put Brooks and DeChambeau solo against themselves. And let them play. Right. Well, calm down because we're going to get to that later. Right. So <clears throat> Brooks comes out and says, "Sorry, Aaron, I'm not involved in this." Um, and here's the other reason that we've got to think about this. Brooks is probably not in a spot where he wants to be playing golf when he doesn't have to be because he's still six months so out I'm, from fully I'm, recovering I'm wheels. from a knee surgery. Yeah. So if you're looking for the real reason that Brooks isn't going to be involved in this, that's probably it. Um, <clears throat> so the ratings would be bonkers. If it was Bryson and Brooks playing in this and not Phil. I'm just, yeah. that's my, that's my thought. Um, so <clears throat> for those who want a little bit of a backstory, um, this isn't new, some of this feud between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. In 2019, Brooks came out pretty hard against um, Bryson's pace of play, which was a, a big discussion anyway on the tour. It actually led to some rule changes because of how long it was taking him to play uh, because of his mad scientist tendencies and needing to know every little detail before he made a shot. Um, so Brooks comes out very publicly and says, yeah, he's taking too long. This isn't golf, blah, 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 blah. Bryson later that week, when that comes out, walks up to Brooks Kepka's caddy and said, Hey, tell your boss to come see me, which was a totally weird thing to do anyway. Yeah, that's a chicken of, shit move. Right. Instead of walking up and just being like, whatever they share a quick moment on a practice tee later that week. Um, and there you pretty much see people taking corners versus Brooks versus Bryson. Um, at that time, that was before Bryson was the big guy, as you call him. Yeah. Um, before he and, went to the lab, quote, quote. <laughs> before he became Ivan Drago. Right. Um, so 
Anyway, you see people taking corners. Brooks, apparently former hockey player. That was actually something he was very competitive, had some injuries and had to get out of that game. That's how he kind of got into golf. So he's like more of the stereotypical jock. Um, Bryson is more of the like mad scientist guy. Um, and actually at this time, Bryson did come out and say, if we were in a fight, Brooks would definitely kick my ass. Um, so That's before he got juiced. It was mean, before he, he got before juiced. Before he got lifted. Lifted, right. lifted it's, the weights. It's before he started hulking up hundreds in Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. um, so the big narrative coming out of this, the big question that you see people posing, which is whatever, you hear people talking about this anyway, is who's living in whose head right now? Well, there was a tweet. Right? right? Well, there's many tweets, but yeah. Where, where DeChambeau said... I'm living in your head rent free to Brooks. Right. Because of the video that came out. And I, I gotta say big guy's right on that one. I feel like if this is not a work, if this isn't, you know, if this is shoot this wrestling is shoot. fans, the big guy's right. Brooks, he, he's, he's in your head. Just saying. That's just me. That's 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 Jim's opinion. I I'm on the opposite side of this. I think Brooks just despises everything Bryson stands for in the game of golf. Uh, Brooks is very notably a eh, I golf. It's something I do. I have to be good at it. Whatever. And but, I just think that this but is. But if he despises everything that DeChambeau is, that means that that he's in his head. I just think he just DGAF about him. And That's not true, Muff. Did you see that face? Right. I don't give a flying fart about this guy, and yet no. he continues to enter my atmosphere and be this odd, weird, eccentric dude that is everything that I am not. Muff, you're the guy who doesn't give up F. Like, you're the guy who rain rolls off your back like a, like a duck. Right. I've seen you brush people off who like should get under your skin and have tried to get under your skin. You don't roll your eyes and stop a freaking interview. If you're not in that guy's head, come on. I, I, all I'm going to say is Brooks is in the final pairing on Sunday. Bryson was nowhere near the top of the leaderboard. That has so nothing to do with who's in whose head. Well, if he was in his head, Jim, don't you think that they would have. You've Brooks admitted that if Brooks can't smash the ball to every green, he's not going to have a great day. Who, Bryson? Bryson, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, the course just wasn't playing in his favor. It didn't play to his one talent. All right. So, we already know Jim thinks this is a, a work. Well, it, everything you're saying is kind of playing in my favor in that argument. Yeah, whatever. If you're going to sit there and say that Brooks doesn't care, but he's going to give interviews and drama like this, that's a work. He didn't give i mean he was part of the interview but this didn't get leaked till monday it's not like it popped out that day that's a work muff is it is it the yeah. golf is it the golf channel doing their thing you mean the big corporation i might as well call uh the owner of the golf channel vince mcmahon <laughs> maybe it is and we just don't realize it that if, I'm being a work. Honest, if i'm being honest if it is then it's a work
All right, I'm gonna let you keep rolling. This, <coughs> all right. gonna, this fast five argument's gonna go forever. This fast five is about to not become fast at all. I'm um, sorry, not fast. We're gonna so, have to change it to the five. The five, the five topics that we're gonna talk about for a length of time to be unknown until we get done with it. Um, anyway, we're gonna move on from golf into the next topic of this week's fast five, fast five, fast five. Browns league. NBA talk. Yeah. Go ahead, Muff. I'm going to let you do this so that... Just do it. All right. First off, playoff update, Jim. How are our picks doing? Uh, not, it's all pretty neutral. Is it? Because Lakers... didn't you take the heat and the heat are already out? Okay. Yeah, the heat are out. Okay. The Lakers are two and two. Um, We'll see. It's still early. Aside from the heat, it's still early. Ooh. Next episode, we should know where we're at. Yeah, next episode. I mean, yeah, the, the first round will be done by this. Keep week. watching the games. This isn't the exciting part. This is next episode. We'll know where everybody's at, and Muff and I will pick again, and that's when it'll get more intense, more diverse. Get actually less diverse, less teams, but, but um, we'll, we'll have more dis- discrepancy yeah, between you and I. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So big news this week in the NBA isn't necessarily have to do with play on the court um, has to do with things that are happening off or just outside of the court. Um, had a couple incidents this past week um, involving players uh, one on the court of play. Um, Trey young was spit on in New York uh, by a fan as he was about to throw a ball in bounds from an out of bounds play. Um, and we had Russ Westbrook, have some popcorn poured on him as he was walking off the court through the tunnel uh, for an injury, an ankle injury. I also forgot to put in here, there is Kyrie, who also says he's hearing racial remarks in Boston. Oh, uh, to not to be fair, that's not what I mean. Quite that's <laughs> whoa, yeah, Siri. Yeah, Siri, what are you doing? That's um, uh, actually multiple people have actually come out and said that that's nothing new. In Boston and maybe in other places, um, there's even some Boston players that are like, hey, hey, it's Boston. It's Boston. And if I wasn't on this team, then Shit it old. would happen to me. Um, OK, I'm sorry. But like, why is that an OK thing? It's Boston. Like, anyway, this this topic gets me real pissed off, Muff. And we're going to talk about what the league does and all that. Yeah. Like, first, first off, on a person. Right. This is all bad. But before we get into this. No, I, don't. I, I want some levity here. Before we get before we get into the deep stuff, yeah, Trey Young's hair reminds me of the character Buddy from The Incredibles. Okay, I'm gonna leave that there for people. Okay, I don't know what to say about that. Look that up later. I I needed to bring something because this is actually a really serious topic, and I just need to put that out there. I get real pissed off at this topic. If you're at an event Mm -hmm. and you spit on somebody or you throw popcorn. Or you decide you want to be a racist prick. You are a, a scuzzball. You are you're you're less than scuzzball. You are less than. Like I don't understand the need. It's sports, first of all. It's a sporting event. Like why? I don't. I don't. This is un, unfathomable to me. Like what in the hell? Go ahead, Muff. This is not unfathomable. This has been going on for years. 
Uh, I, I put, but they if, urge if, to do this to me. It's just I don't. Oh yeah, a lot of people do this. it. Um, notably, football stadiums, uh, Philadelphia specifically. Yeah, the throwing uh, of the batteries and shit. And incidents, and it's not just there, but there are other places where things happen. Um, but anyway, after these incidents occur last week, um, player responses, as you would anticipate, um, calling attention to this is unacceptable. How can we? be protected um lebron comes out and requests that players need to see who the person was specifically in the rest westbrook situation um and calls attention to that if the shoe is on the other foot would the response be different um legitimate questions to ponder and inquiries to raise um and i don't know what the viability of like putting somebody's identity out there is i don't know if there's like any charges that have been filed like i don't know how that part goes i will uh, say that the some of these stadiums have banned them not just from basketball events but like you're not allowed to enter the facility i applaud that right. that's nice mm-hmm. so you release the identity right and i, I doubt that's going to happen um to be fair yeah. uh i just i, I highly doubt that's going to happen and something to think about is in some cases maybe in all these cases do the teams actually own the facility or are they just leasing a space like MSG? That's not just the Knicks. Um, Dolan has done that shit before. Right. Fan people, you know I mean? He has that authority. I would assume so. Yeah. I just don't know how that goes. I mean, that's just some of the semantics that I'm not sure about. Um, And then more players came out talking about Boston specifically um, and some of the racial remarks um, that had been directed towards players in the past. Um, Boston, again, specifically mentioned. I'm sure this is not a Boston-specific issue. It probably happens other places. But uh, Boston's the one you hear about all the time. And I understand what you're saying. Like, I'm sure it happens everywhere, which is still freaking bad. But, like, if it's a repeat offender and Boston is the stereotypical place, like, if you go to Boston, you're going to hear uh, some racist shit. Like, there needs to be a formal investigation, Adam Silver. Wink, wink. Come on, brother. Get off the bench. Like, do something. Like, this isn't like, oh, my God, Boston. Like, even you and I, like, before this would have been, if they, if you would have told us before the playoffs, hey, name a racist uh, venue in the NBA, we would have been like, I, I'm not probably gonna, Boston. I'm not going to get into naming venues. It's people that, that fill the venues. There's nothing to do with. Okay. Yes. Crowd. I understand what you're saying, but yeah. name a crowd then. I'm not even getting into naming a crowd. That's a bit much for me. Um, I can, and I will Boston. Like, cause it's been that way. Historically, the Boston crowds, players have said like Kyrie, Hey, we hear this shit. And I think it needs to. There needs to be some kind of measure. And I say this because, and I, I we try not to get political. And I know Muff's gonna like Muff. I understand. Fast Five becoming a very long thing, but like, we just went through COVID. People have been locked up in their homes, with nothing to do. And now we've let loose, and we've let them all come back out into sporting events. People have some pent up anger. Whether you agree with vaccinations or don't, whether you you have the mask or you don't. People are angry. Now they're in sporting events. We need to tighten it up a little bit and be like, eyes on everyone. Let's make sure this shit doesn't get out of hand. Because spitting and popcorn is going to lead to, just like Philly, batteries 
and other crazy shit. Let's rein this stuff in. You don't need another malice at the palace is really what this comes down to. Yeah. Where the players come back and take it in their own hands. Metal granted, world we, peace, baby. Granted, we don't have Ron Artest out there anymore who was very willing to be a part of that situation. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we're, there's some players in the league that... Meta wasn't a unicorn, buddy. There's still some out there. So the league comes back um, with this point of fairly, I mean, standard response, I would say. Reiterating the code of conduct, resharing prohibited items, pretty much saying, hey, reminder, everybody, this is what you're supposed to be enforcing all along. This is how you act in public re- responsibly. That's the one. Um you know, some of the lines in here, I'm pulling this directly from there. They seek to foster a safe, comfortable, and enjoyable sports and entertainment experience in which people, players, and fans respect and appreciate each other. Yes, enjoy the basketball experience free from disruptive behavior, including foul or abusive language and obscene gestures. Um, people drink responsibly. Um, the people that engage in fighting, throwing things, or attempting to enter the court will be ejected. Uh, obscene and indecent messages on signs or clothing not permitted. I mean, Good. things that were already in place. This is just being like, hey, everybody, remember this? This has always been there. So, hey, facilities that house our games, if you're not doing this, then you need to be doing this better. Yeah. I, that's about all I can say on this. Like, I'm, I'm mad about it. NBA is not the only one who has the issues. Let's please look out for each other as human beings and quit being indecent human beings. Hey, go to the game. Enjoy the game. Listen, I was a Pirates game. And the Pirates, terrible. Guess what I didn't do? I didn't throw anything on the court, the field. didn't do anything crazy. Yeah. Maybe boot a little bit because, let's be real, it was justified. Um, but nobody nobody threw things out at uh, Will Craig when he made the worst play in baseball history. Um, up next on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Bram. The league. The National Football League, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Julio Jones trade talk continues. And... It's continuing to dominate a lot of the NFL conversation. Yeah, yeah. So this past week, Shannon Sharp. God bless this man. Uh, yeah, I, read this, and then I want to ask you. Yeah. Uh, Shannon Sharp shares a moment on live television, yep. uh, Undisputed on FS1, where he has a phone call with Julio Jones, and uh, the phone call is aired on live TV. That yeah. Julio shares... I'm out of there, and he wants to go to a place where he can win. This all comes about, and even some of the responses that were happening on live TV led you to believe that maybe this was not on the original script in the production room. No, no, it was definitely not. This was a shoot, baby. <laughs> this, this was a shoot. This was a shoot. Yeah, I don't. It was a shoot. So here's my question. I got two questions for you, Muff. Yeah. On this show, mm-hmm. if we happen to have, like, if we were so good that we had a connection, I was like, Muff, I got Julio right up now. Would you let me? Would I let you? Yeah, would you let me call Julio right now? We'll call, we'll talk to him on the air. 
Oh yeah, if we had Julio, I'd do it. Okay, all right. Just want to know where our where our code is. Okay. Yeah, that's where we're, we'll take the interview. Like, let's be real, people. If we get a good interview, we're not gonna we're not gonna turn that down. We're not gonna turn it down. Two, should Julio ever talk to Shannon Sharp again and be friends with him? Again, assuming that this was not if staged, if this was not staged in any way. I would uh, think that not only would Julio Jones not want to talk to Shannon Sharp, but there's a lot of people that may not answer Shannon Sharp's phone calls. Right, he like burned a lot of bridges right there. Yeah, I, not good, Shannon. Not good. Not, not good if this was not staged. There's actually a lot of people like coming into the um, the legal ramifications of this because it was a non-consensual recording, um, <laughs> which yeah. Apparently, you know, you've got state lines being crossed here. Where was Julio? Where's Shannon Sharp? Blah, blah, blah. Which party needs, which state needs both consent and which part, which state only needs one. It was the whole big thing. Anyway, Julio Jones comes out and says, yeah, I don't want to be in Atlanta anymore, uh, which kind of burns that bridge. Um, even if you didn't want to or wanted to, I don't know. Where do we think Julio is going to end up, Jim? You said New England. I. I kind of agree with you. Last time I checked, New England was odds-on favorite. I and I, I'm gonna back that horse right now. You seem to be a mad scientist when it comes to some of this. I was there for the draft, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Muff on this one. Let's go. Let's go with it. Um, whew. We had another moment on live television? Question mark. Uh, YouTube, YouTube Live, um, Sirius XM. Adam Vinatieri announces his retirement live on the Pat McAfee show last week. It was definitely unplanned. Um, if you've seen the video, I need and, to. I've been wanting to all week, and it was epic to see Pat McAfee's reaction to this because he has been just salivating at the opportunity to have something like this happen where he gets a scoop because he's not a scoop guy. He has real conversations with players, former players. And like, that's why they come to him is because they realize that he has perspective on the game that a lot of other people may not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he thinks of it a different way. Um, but to see Pat McAfee's reaction was hilarious. Um, and to realize like, Oh wait, this is happening. Oh, we got this. This is the best. Um, so, you know, Pat McAfee's reaction is that way. And then he, you know, just the career, like Pat McAfee sets this up in this way, um, that Adam Vitteri is a leading scorer in NFL history, a league that is predicated on scoring. Um, he's the GOAT of scoring. Um, so it was just really cool. So if you haven't got a chance to look at that yet, have at it. Um, thinking about this, Jim, if you had the opportunity to – be interviewing somebody that retired live on air that's currently in the game who would be like that person for you for our show obviously tom brady for us like that would blow us up to the moon if we had tom brady like being selfish but like personally who would i want to have retire Ooh, that's tough. I would probably say Mitch Trubisky for for the show. Like for the show for us, like that would be cool. As you know, like Andy Dalton, no. the red the redhead connection. Nope, give me Mitch. That. As much as we've talked about him, I would love to have Nate yeah. Harper and you 
and me on a Zoom call with Mitch Trubisky, and he just announces, hey, I'm done. Hanging it up, guys. Yeah, I Hanging think that up. would be fun for us. All right, that would be a good time. Um, farewells were happening all over the place this week. Kenny Maine bids farewell to ESPN, ending with an interview with Aaron Rodgers. Again, Aaron Rodgers just keeps coming into the fold here. Rodgers was in Hawaii uh, during this interview, and he was perfect per usual. Um, just ha- it's like having a conversation. Kenny Mayne, obviously, an incredible interviewer, broadcaster, um, sports personality. Um, still does his professional responsibility. Asked some questions about Green Bay, about the you know Aaron's career, but you know just having really just a, a really down to earth conversation. Um, and the way that Kenny Mayne ends his ESPN career is by far one of the best endings I've ever seen. So they go back and they air a previous interview that that Kenny Mayne did with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, you know, it was just it was like the main event, you know, that like three to five minute uh, piece that Kenny Mayne had. It was like real quick. Um, and he ends with this. This is the last words on air for Kenny made at ESPN last time we did an interview together again referencing Kenny made and Aaron Rodgers you told me to go heavy in the cryptocurrency game we're down 40 percent then I lost my job Gretchen just wants a new comforter f you Aaron Rodgers except for he said it and they bleeped it out and scene he walks off yeah it was cool absolutely hilarious and only Kenny made you know, there's only a few people that could do this. Somebody like Kenny Mayne, Stuart Scott, if if he was still around, could could make pull that off. Yeah. Uh, there's only so many pers- sports personalities that can make that happen. So he does. He wrote up piece. I don't know who he wrote it for, but it's on his Twitter page. Um, about the end of his career, and it was one of the best I've seen or read. Like it was well done for the close of someone's career. And it was basically him taking the reins and the narrative of how he went out, why he went out. Really well done. Yeah. I, Kenny Mayne is a really cool guy. And I don't I didn't realize it or grasp it until I read it at the end, which really made me kind of like, man, I missed out on a lot because he's really a talented guy. Mm-hmm. And if any of you don't know the any of you all know this story, look up the story of how he got to ESPN. Yes. Like it was a grind. He didn't just yep. like he wasn't coming out of like Northwestern and had connections. Like Huckenberg. he made he had <laughs> there's a lot of people from Northwestern uh, that make it into ESPN. Um, but he he was really a grinder to get there. And mm-hmm. it's 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 a big deal. And and again, we've talked about ESPN was offering him like a 60% pay cut to yeah. stay there, which whatever i'm sure that 60 percent of what he's making now is still a good deal of money but he's going to take a take a bet on himself so and he should bid farewell to kenny main hopefully it works out for you in the whatever you're going to do bud mm-hmm. did you see miles garrett this past week jim i did not i did not uh, miles garrett looked like he just took a stroll to planet fitness at a local y and said play basketball today and i'm gonna dunk on every fool in here and show them what a professional athlete can do even if basketball is not their sport of expertise he's an absolute unit jim like 
it, you know that NFL players, especially like linemen, um, offensive, defensive linemen, or large human beings, he's just dwarfing people and looks like Ronnie Coleman in his prime um, on the basketball court, dunking on people. Um, and then afterwards, he tweets at Mark Cuban and says, hey, you need a guard? I don't blame him. No. He's so. a talented, talented individual. He is. Big man, big man. Um, look up that video if you guys haven't seen I'm it. I'm going to. All right. Jim, what's, yeah. your new, what's the, the new conspiracy in Jacksonville this week? I, I don't think we should talk about it, but like I sent you a DM from a onion-like uh, yeah. it was, Instagram. It was, it was, yeah, I'm not going to call it a reputable source. So I want to know if like real, like things that have actually happened, not speculation. Not a lot has happened yeah. in, in my world that I've seen, you're going to tell us a little bit of something, but basically uh, I did see something where uh, what's his face quarterback. I, I don't even know his name at this point. Cause they've done so much to cover up. Oh, no, there's nothing to do with the fact that what, has he done some things to Ohio state in the past. I mean, I knew his name then. Now I don't because they throw Tim Tebow in my face to cover up <laughs> who his name is. Right. Um, but I did say how he, he wouldn't loves learning from him and, what better role model to have than Tim Tebow? So that's the only thing I heard. Blake Bortles. That's who I think. Oh. Uh, Brandon Jacobs, former NFL running back for, I know he was with the Giants for a while, um, comes out and says he's a better athlete than Tim Tebow. And he would come back to play defensive end if somebody would give him a chance. Call your coach. He's probably he's, still in the league. He's to call Urban Meyer. Call uh, Urban will throw the dice at anybody as long as nobody pays attention <laughs> to, to whoever his quarterback is. All right, Trevor Lawrence, by the way. Oh yeah, he's only like the number one pick in the draft. Wow, so many distractions from away from him. Yeah, so many, so many. Is Aaron Rodgers in on this too? Probably. Is Miles Teller in on it? It's all the work. It's all the work. <laughs> and next on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Brown. Baseball. Oh, so is this where we talk about the Pirates? It's where we talk about the Pirates, Jim. Okay. But first, we're going to talk about an injury uh-huh. that happened in Major League Baseball this past week. Yeah. Last Tuesday, Cleveland manager Terry Francona comes out, Jim, yep. and says that they're going to place right-handed pitcher Zach Plesak on the injured list because of a non-displaced fracture of his right thumb. Okay. Uh, he's, a, he's a pitcher. It makes sense. Sure. We, we don't need bad, bad fingers, hands, wrists, elbows, thumbs, all of that, right? The 26-year-old pitcher suffered the injury while, I'm quoting this, rather aggressively ripping off his shirt, end quote and catching his thumb on a chair in the locker room on Sunday. Two Sundays ago at this point. I'm really confused by these baseball players hurting their fingers. I mean, I get it that the finger is, I mean, very integral to baseball, like to throwing a baseball. Yeah, but how do you rather aggressively rip off your shirt and break your hand? The same way that you somewhat aggressively or not aggressively at all – slap a table while playing video no, games. No, that doesn't count. That was a legitimate injury. 
<laughs> that was legitimate injury. Legitimate. It's a non-displaced fracture. Is that not a legitimate injury? This ripping off your shirt. Well, I think it was like he ripped off his shirt, and as he was ripping the shirt off or throwing the shirt down. I he... really wish there was visual to this. We need to put this on YouTube. Go ahead, <laughs> anyway, Bob, keep describing. He's, he's ripping off the shirt and like slams it down and like hits a chair. And like, oh my god, my, my thumb. Uh. When we get a YouTube, I hope we come back to this clip of you trying to rip off your shirt and then show me how you break your hand. I didn't like don't try to rip off my hand. Don't break my hand. I, oh my god, Jim, I have a non-displaced finger. I can't edit the podcast for this right, Let's talk about the Pirates Muff. I spent a day, well, an afternoon, at, at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. So did the guy who was wearing just shorts or maybe <laughs> boxers. <laughs> I found that man in the crowd and I did send you a picture and I actually had people call me out on uh, social media, like my personal social media media saying, you need to find this man and take a picture with him. Like before anything happened. And I was like, yeah. what is, where is people? And then I found it. I found it on the, on the interwebs on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, he is, he's around. And it like took me like five minutes to find him. Cause he was like kind of tucked, tucked away a little bit. He wasn't tucking nothing. I, well, he, his seat was tucked away from where I was. Oh. Um, but once I found him, I was like, this man is sprawled out, shirtless. He is... Working a tan, baby. He is Pittsburgh. Like, when you think of Pittsburgh, this is what I think of. Jean shorts. He's got, like, a hairy chest. He's got a little bit of facial hair going on. Got the sunglasses. He's just ready to rock it out. Listen to Donnie Iris in his head. Mm -hmm. Like... That's what he's got. Donnie Irish, he's going down south side. He probably was across the street at a bar before the game started. Mm -hmm. uh, got, maybe got a, maybe he was <clears throat> down in the strip getting his permani sandwich. I don't know. He was feeling life. He was he was all about it. And he you know what? He's living carefree. And, and that's probably about the only thing you could have seen that was worth a damn at that game. Uh, that man was living rent free in everyone's head, is what that man was doing. <laughs> Maybe that's what caused the screw up in Pittsburgh. Everybody was talking about. It. Apparently, well, Craig was too. Um, so I want to I want to say something because I want I want you to be proud of me, if only mm -hmm. for two seconds, Jim. So to get to the ballpark, there are many yep. options for parking, right? Like you can pay for parking right near the stadium. Um, you can go other places. You can go across the Roberto Clemente Bridge, park in a garage. A lot of options. Mm -hmm. I chose to park about, about a little less than a mile away at the casino garage okay because it's free let's be sure. honest it's free it's a nice day the walk's not gonna hurt me you get to walk walk by heinz field uh walk by the carnegie science center for those of you know uh, i didn't go in but it made me feel like i made an educational trip of it because i walked beside it mm -hmm. um i had to walk through the casino number one to get out of the casino and you didn't bet on a game, did you? I did not do anything betting related as I walked through. I am proud of you. Either way, in or out, zero betting happened. Good job. So, thank you. Thank you. If only for two seconds, I resisted the urge to gamble money at the casino as I walked through. Thank you, Good everybody. job, Good Thank job. you. So, anyway, I, I get to the stadium. I actually I went across, across the street from PNC Park. Um, had Had a little lunch, a uh, little lunch, a little sandwich and some uh, sweet potato fries, a couple couple libations, a couple drinks to, to get the game started. Mm -hmm. um, get into the stadium. 
we did we splurged a little bit. We had club club access, so we could walk through like the air conditioned space. We wanted to, we could have sat and had something to eat, uh, drink like special drink just for club access people right there. Um, you go out and somebody's like, oh, let me get to your seat, wipe down our seats for us. We got padded seats, Jim. We're not in the we're not in the bleacher Muff, seats. Muff, we have padded we don't really seats. Care where you sat. This is fast five. Let's talk about how shitty the game was. The game was not crappy. There was a particular play that was crappy. The worst play in MLB history. This is very much the Little League, Mickey Mouse, as I called it in the uh, Instagram Live uh, situation. All-time terrible. We have a man on second base. We have a hit to the third baseman. Third baseman cleans it. There's two outs. It's very important to the story. Two outs. Everybody's seen this video. If you haven't, look it up. A little bit of an errant throw towards first base, towards Will Craig. Fun fact, Will Craig apparently is a gold glove first baseman from the minor leagues. So somebody that can handle the mitt knows what he's doing. Apparently, supposedly, didn't happen. Will Craig, Javi Baez is coming down the first baseline. Javi Baez, instead of trying to run around, run through, um, do anything to get to first base with Will Craig decides I'm going to stop. And typically when that happens, the first baseman just sprints at the guy and tags him because he's not going anywhere else. Javi Baez decides I'm not just going to you know, stand here. I'm going to start backing up because the guy that's on second is still running around the bases um, and is rounding third base. So Javi Baez continues to slowly kind of play chicken. He's like, walking backwards just fast enough where Will Craig doesn't catch him or doesn't know exactly what he should do. Will Craig chases Javi Baez all the way back to home plate, like 10, 15 feet away from home plate, maybe a few yards to the point now where that man is right at home plate and Will Craig, instead of continuing to run him down back to home plate, throws the ball to the catcher as the run crosses home plate Safe, safe, safe at home. Run for the Cubbies. You would think this is a bad play, right? Stops there. No, not only that. Now the catcher has the ball. Javi Baez has done his job. The run has scored. Okay. Remember there's two outs, Jim. We just need one more out to get out of this inning. All the catcher has to do now is throw the ball to first base. Well, guess what, Jim? Ain't nobody at first base because nobody thought that Will Craig was going to be dumb enough to do what he just did. So the second baseman tries to run over to first base as the catcher throws the ball. Errant throw goes into right field. Javi Baez then gets to second base after this play. Now, Jim, I know you're not a huge baseball fan, but if I were to tell you that this could have been avoided, all Will Craig had to do after Javi Baez started running back towards home, all Will Craig had to do, Jim, was step on first base. Yeah. Instead of chasing him to home plate. Yeah. It was a force play first base. Will Craig, you're about to get designated for assignment to the minor leagues once Moran gets off the injured list. They and that's what happened at the ballpark last Thursday, Jim. That was dumb. And the Pirates lose by one run. Remember that. The Pirates lose by one run. I do. And last on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Bam. Women in sports. Mm-hmm. 
Naomi Osaka announces she will be foregoing all post-match media during the French Open, citing her mental health and shares she hopes the fines will go towards mental health charities and awareness. Okay. They fine her 15 grand. Okay. Then, I don't know if you read this, Muff. They're threatening to not let her play to... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically disqualify her and not let her move on because of this stance she's taking on post-match media. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do this for others, not just the French Open. Yep. And, and they're citing yep. that this is uh, fair treatment and all athletes know the rules. It's in the rule book. Mm-hmm. And she knew this going in. So it is what it is. I don't know how I feel about it. I understand from the sponsoring entities in this case that there is a contract in place. And by signing up to play in these events, you are indicating that by signing this line, I will participate in media interviews blah, 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 unless X, Y, Z reason comes up. I don't, I, whatever the contract is, I'm sure it's contractual Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it. Um, The other piece of this is not just for say tennis, women's tennis association, in this case, WTA. Um, You've also got to think of sponsorships like Rolex. Um, How much money is somebody like Rolex putting into this? And as part of this, their contractual agreements are, we're going to have these press conferences where Rolex is going to be plastered in the background. And when you have the big name players like Naomi Osaka, Rafael Nadal, um, anybody in the tennis game, that's a big name. We're going to see that. And that's going to be the draw for us. Not only during the matches, do you see the Rolex logo? Do you mention it on the broadcast? Do you do under social media, but also in these post-match interviews, it's all part of their package deal of them paying millions of dollars to be the official sponsor of the French open. I get that. I just don't know where this falls into it. And I feel like Naomi Osaka is making a good faith attempt in raising awareness towards mental health um, and mental health concerns. Um, And she has brought up that these post-match pressure conferences can be difficult. And there's some questions that are brought up that like wear on you and drain you. I I just, I don't know without having listened to all of these press conferences that are being discussed or that she's talking about in this case, I just, I can't make a good assessment on this on like where the, where it goes. She did an interview on the court. So it's not, we're talking about like in the media room. Yes. Where the media can just drill her. Potentially. Yeah. Like whoever gets the press pass to be there and ask their questions, blah blah blah. If it if it's in the rules, I unless you cite mental health, I I don't know. I'm I'm torn on this one. It's 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 different. And I listened to a couple talking heads this past week. Um, some longer in the tooth talking heads, and I, they're well respected. I think uh, I'm not going to get into the names, but. They were talking about that these, specifically in tennis, they weren't talking about all sports. They were talking about tennis, where 
there aren't a lot of trying questions that typically come out in tennis post-match press conferences. I've heard a couple with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when you start playing against, like we've talked about it, where they start talking down to her opponent and making it more about her, they play they play that role that she, they use her mm-hmm. as a lightning rod. I agree with that. I think that the way that they treat her is not fair when it comes to the media. I agree. But they did that with the Venus sister or the, with the Williams sisters. They do that with all mega stars. It's kind of the role that you have for being great. It's it's the Atlas shrugged type situation. You, you and, have to and look at Kyrie, man. Look at the way he handles it. Mm-hmm. He shows up when he wants to show up. He gives them what they want. I think sometimes if if it's really that bad, maybe you maybe you take the Belichick approach to these things. Short one word answers, meet your obligation and get the hell out. Yeah. Or the Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> I'm, yeah. here, I'm here so I don't get fined. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's TBD. I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see where this ends up. Um, and in other news, uh, Catherine Reich has been promoted to vice president of football operations for the Philadelphia Eagles. She becomes the highest ranking female personnel executive in professional football. Um, Joins Kelly Klein, who we talked about um, within the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Who was named executive director of football ops and GM special assistant for the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was in uh, late in May, whenever that went down. So um, in her new role, uh, she will, Catherine will be involved in uh, pro and college scouting, contract management, player staff development, and football research. So I'm cool with this. This is good. It's good, good things. Highest ranking female personnel executive in professional football. Yep. Good job, Miss, Mrs. Catherine Reich. Um, and last, women in sports. The University of Washington and Oklahoma softball played last Saturday, Jim. They played a game last Saturday. All right, fair enough. Probably a high profile game, right? Because we're talking about it. This was the first ever, let me say that again. This was the first ever softball game aired on ABC. Good. And what took so long? Took so long, most likely because ESPN just snags up these games. ABC not necessarily doing this is you got to realize they're all one big conglomerate, right? Yeah. Um, so ESPN typically grabs up the softball, um, but it seems to be a step in a positive direction for softball recognition in the media world. Cool. And that wraps up this week's Fast Five. Fast Five, not even a little bit fast, but we got through all the topics. Five. Bram. It's now time for the Homer Muff. Do. We don't have any special guests for the Homer. It's just me and Muff. Nice intimate session of the Homer. Just just making it happen. It's a Columbus episode, so I will start. <laughs> don't, don't think I'm talking about Columbus, yeah. just so we're clear. <laughs> Muff, this year, I don't think we can talk about college football without name, image, and likeness. So Ohio and OSU 
are jumping in the ring with the name, image, and likeness. First, Ohio Senator Naraj Antiani proposed legislation that will allow name, image, and likeness. I haven't read the legislation, but I'm pretty pumped that they're finally sticking their necks out there and doing it where, you know, the NCAA won't. Uh, OSU will follow right behind and has announced a partnership with Open Doors. You know what Open Doors is, Muff? I don't, Jim. Tell me about it. <laughs> it is a sports technology company based out of Lincoln, Nebraska, that maximizes the endorsement value of athletes. That sounds cool, right? I Together. Mean, doing big things. Yeah, sure. Together with uh, OSU and this company, they've created the platform. Yeah, Muff. The is actually in the name. Oh, because they were smart enough to do it the first time? Yeah. This will give athletes a custom assessment of their brand value and how to maximize it. It will also provide consultations with industry leaders and on-demand videos featuring experts in the field of branding, brand building, monetization, thank you, financial literacy. They'll also have the opportunity to work with with the University Center of Innovation which can assist in new company formation and the development of new products and services. So the university built a partnership to help their students help their brand. So Muff, Ohio State will have their finger, quote, on the pulse for the student. To me, this is good. This is great. This is helping the student. Makes me kind of nervous because it's like the the student's still not independent. The student can't necessarily. Now, I don't know if this is an optional. Like, hey, athlete, you can you can do this uh, the platform, or you can go out there on your own. I don't know. We'll see. But from what I've seen at Ohio State. You tend to not have a choice. So we'll see. So student athletes don't have a choice? I didn't say that, but I said that. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see. I mean, we'll see where it goes. I mean, it's good. It's good to see um, schools. I don't think Ohio State's the only school doing this. No. Um, but it's good to see that schools are preparing and how they can best support athletes in this endeavor. When it, com- NCAA. when it comes to be, yes. um, yeah, NCAA is not going to support them in this way. This is going to have to be or from, <laughs> this is going to have to be from the institutions, um, and, and to, to get things like this done. So good job. Good job, Ohio state. Good job. Write this down, ladies and gentlemen. Holy heck. Screen grab me raising two thumbs. Like, um, the buddy christ from the movie dogma right there um shout out if anybody gets that reference Uh, (laughs) here all day here all day my homer this week jim we're just gonna go with pittsburgh sports what pittsburgh sports pittsburgh sports have had a less than ideal week we had the penguins get knocked out 
of the NHL playoffs. Mm-hmm. Tristan Jari, who who knows where he's going to end up. Um, he's at this point persona non grata in Pittsburgh. If people better not find him out on the, the streets in the wild or else there's going to be some problems for him. If I had to guess um, even more so We're than not that, condoning that he is more so than that fan at the Padre stadium. Um, Tristan Jari. We'll see where that ends up. Penguins out of the playoffs. There's a lot of unknowns about what's going to happen with players such as Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby is obviously the goat. He's not going anywhere. Um, a lot of people are bringing up Mark Andrew Fleury. Why is Math? Why do we let him go in the in the draft? Where's Murray? Blah blah blah. Bad number one, right? Mm-hmm. That happens on Wednesday night when the Penguins are bounced out of the playoffs. On Thursday, Jim. We've already talked about it. I witnessed the worst play in Major League Baseball history mm-hmm. at PNC Park, picturesque PNC Park. Fantastic food, fantastic beverages, great people, awesome, awesome stadium, awesome ballpark, right? Sure. We've had a terrible week in Pittsburgh sports. The only thing that the Yenzers have left right now is to wait for football, Jim. And by God, we're ready for football. We got Najee Harris out there doing media interviews. He had a bad, terrible towel shake after uh, Jeff Jimerson did his national anthem rendition. As always, fantastic, Jeff. Shout out Jeff Jimerson. Uh, if you want to come on the show, let us know at Sports Gym Muff, Instagram, Twitter. Pittsburgh Sports Gym, we're waiting for football. Bring back football. Big Ben, number seven. We don't need to start out 11 and 0 this year. Let's let's start out like nine and three. Speak the Browns a couple times so I can talk shit to Jim. Bring back football. Bring back football. Bring back Stellar's football. Yoy, double yoy. Stellar's football. It's the take of the week. Of the week. Of the week. All right, Muff. I'm going first. I'm coming hot. I'm going to take a drink of this beer. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. <laughs> yep, because you know what? I'm bringing an oldie but a goodie out. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Who? Kevin. <laughs> Who's this man? <laughs> I'm not even going to say his last name. If you're a loyal listener, Kevin. Ohio State media site 11 Warriors obtained thousands of documents related to Ohio State in the Big Ten response to COVID last year, Muff. These docs read like war briefings, uh, responses to 9-11, if you will. That, that's a real big overstatement, and I apologize. But it read like basically behind the black curtain of a major decision. Right. It read like presidents and generals and an asshat making decisions. Mm that should not have been made. So athletic director, Gene Smith and new Ohio state president, Christina Johnson spoke in text and email in the early days of the big 10 decision, Kevin's decision to cancel the season. And it was pretty clear that the AD and the president did not agree with that decision. They explored the route of going independent. We have proof Muff, that Ohio state actually did explore that, that route. For a second, until they realized that it would cause so much major chaos for the program, 
much like Nebraska discovered, but unlike Nebraska, they slow played it. The present AD scrambled to propose a counter schedule. They ran PR. They had counter the they had to counter the attacks of recruit poaching. That rightfully so took place. They had to handle angry parents, and basically do basically had to do everything they could to counter the effects of Kevin to keep hope alive, if you will. The Ohio State Football Parents Association, an association of organized parents, a legitimate association, sent a letter to the Big Ten to Kevin. Now, for if you're a new listener, Kevin, who I'm not going to say his last name, is the president of the Big Ten. And apparently, Kevin thought this letter was a fake. Now, I was going to read the text exchange between... AD and president um, and they were flabbergasted that Kevin thought it was a fake, but I'm, I'm just not going to get into it. I, I I'm so mad about it. I'm just going to get fired up. I'm trying to stay calm, but Kevin thought this letter was a farce and an orchestrated farce and that the, the parents were basically put up to it. If that, mm-hmm. If you remember, these were the same parents who took time out of their day and orchestrated a protest outside of Big Ten headquarters with other Big Ten schools. But, you know, this letter that the Ohio State Parents Association sent, it's fake, Kevin. As the dust settled and, you know, we tried to figure out what we're going to do with the Big Ten season, hindsight's twenty twenty. as we read these documents. I get it. But as the dust settled, tons of proposals were sent trying to save the season. I could save you time and energy and not let you not describe all of the (laughs) proposals for the schedule. Trust me, they're lengthy. But one in particular blows my mind. Okay. Illinois AD sent a proposal two months. Two months before Kevin was caught with his pants down and decided to spur the moment, cancel the season. And in this proposal was a 12-game schedule, conference only, to begin on August 29th on week zero. You know who did that, Muff? The SEC. You remember the SEC, Muff? Oh, I mean... I remember and still remember. How well was the SEC season? Pretty pretty successful overall. They got games. They got the games in, right? Pretty successful. Got the games in. Okay. So in the Illinois AD proposal, teams would have played six games in six weeks from August 29th to October 3rd, and six games in six weeks from October 17th to November 21st. With a bye week in between each, in between each, teams could make up games as needed, as well as three makeup weeks between the schedule's conclusion of the regular season and December nineteenth, the Big Ten Championship. Muff, well, you remember the Big Ten season? I mean, remember I the try- canceled games we never got again. Yeah, yeah. Remember one in particular? 
You what, know, the one, one, one that didn't happen? One game that didn't happen. Uh, I know you do. You're damn right I do. The Michigan-Ohio State game. The rivalry game. The one that we call the game. The biggest college football game in sports. The one that you call the game. Got it. I mean, I understand that you want to call it that. You don't want to call it, give it its due. But it's the biggest rivalry in all of sports. Anyway, in this proposal, rivalries were put in the front end of the schedule. Right. Can you imagine a week zero game of Ohio State Michigan? I'm a traditionalist. I understand. And if you go back to our our uh, archives, you're going to hear me say, I don't want that. But in hindsight, it would have made a lot of sense. At least we would have got the damn game in. <sighs> okay. So my take of the week is, looking back at the mess that was, and as we begin to pair to prepare for the season that is, let us not make mis- that mistake again, Kevin. For the love of God, don't drop the ball. I also want to thank those who revealed this info to us, basically the hard proof that Kevin's an idiot. And I also want to thank those who fought hard to give us the Big Ten season that we did have last year. And that is my take of the week. All right. Is it a work? Is it a work? I'm just joking. <laughs> if it's oh, a work, man. I got jokes. I got jokes it's today. It's the best work of the day. It's a good one. I would give it two thumbs up. Definitely, if that was true. My take of the week brings us back to the golf world, Jim. So we had a, an active, lively discussion on the Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka situation, the match, who we think should be in the match, why we, they should be in the match. Um, is this all for show? Is this legit? Is this real? Or is this just a big ruse to get us more interested in golf? Which, by the way, appears to be working. My take is it is time to capitalize on everything that's going right now right in the attention to the golf world, which is that there's attention. That's what's going right. I think that we need to schedule a heads-up match in September between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. For $500,000 to the charity of their choice with a little bit of a fan vote. So they identify four, three to four charities of their choice that they would like to see it go to. And the fans decide where it goes in the end. Bryson and Brooks decide on this. They put the four out. The fans figure it out from there. I think this, if you announce it after the match or as the match is happening, you get all the eyes on there um, with Brooks or with Bryson, Phil, Aaron, and um, Tom Brady. If you announce it on that day that Bryson and Brooks are going to have a heads up match, 500 grand to charity in September, you build on this. You've got the U S open in July. Um, you've got the, the rest of the season, the British open going on the British open or the open championship in July. You have the U S open coming up here in June. Um, you get all this on the end of the season in August. Um, and you have this in September. I think you bring all of the eyes continue on the sport and you lean into the player incentive program. The player incentive program, for those that have listened in the past and have seen this, is social media engagement with PGA Tour professionals at this point. And they're giving away money for those that are the best engaged on social media and engaged with the fans on social media. You continue to do this, and then you also 
offer behind the behind the table, Jim, behind the curtain, an extra hundred grand to Bryson and Brooks, whoever does better, because additional money. And let's be real, you can find a sponsor to do this. Find any sponsor to put this event on. They will pay the money because they know there's going to be eyes on this situation. Let's get this heads up match going. Make it for September. Close out the PGA season with this. And you will have more people interested in golf, ready to come through the fall and into next spring and get ready for the Masters. Let's make it happen, PGA. This is what the fans want. And, you know, maybe they can have like a happy Gilmore, Bob Barker wrestling match afterwards. And that is my take of the week. All right, Muff. It's time to pull out the Muff Knack, the Magnificent Outfit. Dust off the old crystal ball, set the dial to 141.622 kilowatts per hour, and kilometers. let's start a new quest. Yeah, kilometers? New kilowatts. It's my measurement, Muff. It's not kilometers? It's kilowatts this week. Is it kilowatts? It's kilowatts. 1.21 it's my, it's my Wait, Scott. Hey, listen, I was at a Back to the Future themed birthday party this past week. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, family member of mine, super into Back to the Future. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, it's my measurement, so it's kilowatts. Okay. And we'll be... <laughs> Today's quest muff as we blast off into the future. <laughs> this time I want you to sit down, do your best, Lee Corso, Johnny Carson, and have you predict the early winners of the big 2021 college football games. What? Where, where's Johnny Carson coming into this? <laughs> Well, because you're predicting the future, and he did a uh, a you know Karnak the Magnificent. Yeah, you're now sure. Muffnak the Mag- the Magnificent. Yeah, you see, lost on me, lost on, on me. Muff. All right, so anyway, so we all know the Simpsons are the ones to predict the future, right? We all know the Simpsons do this. Yeah. Okay, you want to? Oh, you already did a Homer. We can only do so many Simpsons references. No. <laughs> all right, so here are the rules, Muff. Okay. Just because I know that how you are. Before we begin, this will not count towards your official Muff picks in the season. So anybody who listens to this episode, you cannot hold this episode against Muff going forward. But we go. But we will. We all know this that Jim's Jim's going to keep score of this and I let me not. know later. I promise you, this is an exhibition, if you will. Well, the world can hold hold me accountable later. Okay, Alex, Alex, listening, hold me accountable. Okay. We will do it without any points or spreads or any of your other degenerate voodoo. Straight up. Straight up. Big them. Yep. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I will now read from the cards of the future. <laughs> These, are future. The These are futures. These are futures. Muff. Yes. When I do a lot of discussion, we're just going to go boom, boom. Okay. Bama at Auburn. Go. Bama. Ohio State at Michigan. Go. Uh, Buckeyes. Oregon at Ohio State. Buckeyes. Texas A&M versus Auburn. At Auburn? Uh, I don't know. Auburn. Bama at LSU. I think it's at LSU. Bama. Georgia at Florida. New Georgia. 
Michigan at Michigan State. Michigan. I'm not going to do this to you. I'm going to skip this one. Penn State at Ohio State. Penn State. Okay. Notre Dame Dame versus USC. Oh, give me Notre Dame. Okay. All right. Penn State. Why would you not ask me that question? Get out of here. I felt bad. Penn State. Okay. All right. Nittany Lion. Apparently, that you that you could do that with any hemming high. I'm impressed. It's a straight pick them. I mean, if we All look right, at we this, some more off. if we look at the spreads here, I bet my picks go with the favorites in most case. Here we go. I honestly didn't keep track. I promised you. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Cincinnati versus UCF. Uh, Spencer Rattler is still here. I don't know. Muff. I'm telling you, I didn't do anything. This is just, we're throwing it out there. You uh, see. UNC versus Miami. Uh, I'm going to go with Miami this year. LSU versus Florida. Florida. OU versus Texas. Oklahoma versus Texas. Yep. Oh, Oklahoma. Bama versus A&M. Bama. Georgia versus Auburn. At Auburn. Georgia. Notre Dame versus Cincinnati. Notre Dame. Uh, I'm calling it right now. I got a five dollar bet on that game with you right now. Notre Dame and UC. Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Five dollars. Notre Dame and UC. Yeah. Yep. Whatever. Notre Dame. Give me the Irish. Straight up. Sure. What's the spread anyway? Now that I'm curious. Notre Dame's giving three and a half right now. Oh yeah, tons of time. Spencer Rather could be hurt by then. Okay. There you have it, folks. That is the out of time segment. Muff did his best, Lee Corso. Thank you again. Without without putting on any mascot heads. I know. Thank you again to our favorite mascot, Ryan Willis. Ooh. Thank you. Ooh. I feel like there's somebody that's going to take offense to that. Well, he, I didn't say the the character he played because I knew somebody would get mad. But he currently, oh, yeah, Scott. Right now he's our favorite. Scott's fine. Scott would agree with me. Anyway. Thank you, Ryan Willis. Thank you, Sauce Boss Gang. This has been one of my favorite episodes. Muff, hit him with the goodness. All right, everybody. As we have rolled past this previous weekend, I hope you all took some time to recognize the reason for the season here. Uh, Took some time on Memorial Day to pay homage to those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And as you're doing, rolling through this week, getting off to a a late start, hopefully, took the day on Monday off. Listen to this episode and then tell a friend, make a friend, be a friend.
know what I'm 